Lovers in Paradise. I'm Jen, joined as always by JR Dad. Good evening. Good evening, JR Dad. How's it going? It's good. Excellent. Uh, anything you want to talk about before we talk about murder? No. <laughs> no. Okay. I didn't prepare any statements. You don't have to have. <laughs> you have no responsibilities in this podcast other than to respond to the stories I tell. I know. It's real nice. Yeah. <laughs> Put me on the spot there, though. <laughs> All right. So uh, last last episode, we did a rip from the headlines episode with the dude from down the street who got arrested for trafficking women and children for sex in Romania. Yes. And while well, house squatting, house squatting, stuff, which yeah. is, I mean, house squatting, not nearly as bad a crime as selling children into sex trafficking. Yeah, but you get caught for something, all the bad stuff comes out. Ooh. <laughs> was that just a deep realization for you? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> You're a lawyer, shouldn't you kind of know no, that? No, it's a realization that's foreshadowing this week, too. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so. This week, we're not going to be like a ripped from the headlines podcast most of the time because there's not a lot of murder happening down here in the Keys. That wasn't a murder. And this week, uh, the headline isn't about a murder. So we're no, reading. But we read all these headlines. <laughs> we are reading Conk Life, which is like our kind of go to uh, news of the Keys thing. And they send out like a newsletter every day, like old school emailed newsletter. They have a website too, but uh, the email has like you know the first paragraph of every story and so we read that every day and it's literally like everything from the climb blotter mostly man arrested for catching two small fish yeah too big fish too small for too old too young too small too, too many big. yes yeah too big without too many without a license it's i don't quite i confess i don't quite understand conch life because when you look at it there is a paper version there is a print version yeah. but i think it's a weekly then it is we, but there's a daily email. So what and there's they, daily, there's like everyday stories posted on their website. So I don't, there's something I'm missing. It's I a guess. little weird. Cause like yeah. you look the emails sometimes I'll have this, sometimes you get two emails a day and oh, they're yeah. different. One is a reminder of like two days ago. And they often have <laughs> stories from previous days. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway. But some of it's good content. So we no, keep it's, reading. We're always up to date on the goings on the, in the, the keys. The guy with the, too many lobster claws or whatever is just very interesting or the guy who illegal u-turn and isla medora caught in key west two isla hours Marada. later isla Morada. Yeah. two days later that's uh that has, that's good that's stuff in there. Yeah. you get all of that uh the keys are a small place a very long but small place and you get everything okay so this week in conch life we got this story of Brandon Joseph Mims, 29, who was a long-wanted graffiti vandal operating mostly in Key West and in the Lower Keys. He's 29. He was arrested and charged with 18 counts of misdemeanor criminal mischief, two felony counts of criminal mischief, six counts of burglary, and one misdemeanor marijuana charge. Uh, marijuana is not legal here in Florida. The felony is if it's more than $1,000 of damage, we've learned. Yes. And uh, so this guy, Brandon Mims, he would he has a tag sign c-y-n-e that he would graffiti all over stuff and then he also bought a bunch of these black and white stickers that say sign that he'd stick they're they're on everything which has to be like the laziest way to graffiti things right <laughs> like oh it's too much trouble to tag things so i'm gonna 
buy stickers. I'm going to print stickers and just stick them on stuff. It's like devaluing graffiti. They're on like the back of like street signs. Stop signs and They're stuff. They're stuck on every, like you see them everywhere. I took a couple pictures when we were in Key West this week because you, you don't have to look for them. They're just everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then he would spray paint the sign tag on like bridges and buildings. And it's not a message. It's just this name. It's just his stupid name artist name got no respect for this guy neither does the sheriff the sheriff says this is not art it's vandalism plain and simple you know he's implying if banksy came here that it would there be a debate and he might not get nabbed banksy would be beloved in key west yes i mean he's beloved everywhere but but the sheriff is even making indicating that he might be lenient if the art were good enough which i think is kind of cool key west is a place Full of artists. Oh my goodness. Full of artists. Totally. Of varying talents, but... Enthusiastic. Absolutely enthusiastic artists. This guy was not doing art. He's just writing his stupid tag all over everything. Yeah. If he had been a crappy artist who was painting, like, krakens on stuff... Yes. People probably wouldn't have been as pissed. Yeah, Um, he'd done, like, sunset scenes with sailboats. Fine. Yeah. Yes. If you were painting a sunset scene with a sailboat on the back of a stop sign, you wouldn't be in as much trouble as sticking your stupid sticker on there. On everything. Let's talk about what an idiot this guy is. Let's keep going. He got a search warrant issued for his social media network. So I have been searching for him. It seems like he has, he has had a bunch of Instagram accounts. Um, They kind of keep getting shut down. The most recent one that I have tried to follow. So he had sign.art. I think he had sign two. I believe his current account is Florida Man Writes Graffiti. Uh, the like bio name is sign1t6k. And then his hashtag is southernmost wanted, which he does get a point for for being sort of clever. Because everything down here is like the southernmost whatever, because we're the southernmost point in the continental United States. So I guess he gets one point for creativity with southernmost wanted. I mean, which is- one point out of... 100 a one point out of like a million like he's he's totally stupid that account <laughs> so the the like profile picture for florida man writes graffiti is like the c from his like sign Ugh. graffiti tag uh but it's a protected thing so i did request to follow him from one of the accounts and i'll post some images but anyway uh so yeah he has all these social media accounts they get a warrant for his social media accounts where they refer, review forty two thousand pages posted by mim so we don't know if that's they printed them out and it was forty-two thousand pages printed like lawyers really like to do that paper is good they print out social media stuff and they're like there's 500 pages of this and it's like because like printing out one facebook post is 15 pages when you print it because it like the printer doesn't know how to handle like the weird <laughs> format of it yeah so it makes it sound really impressive yes. when it's like, you may not have had 500 posts yeah um or what they say, 41,000? 42,000 pages. Yeah, I'm quite it. certain he didn't have that many. No. Um, but one of his posts was a map of how he illegally entered the Naval Air Station Key West property and vandalized one of their buildings. So you broke in. This is an active air base. Yes. This isn't like a, you know, retired Cold War site. This is an active air base. He's lucky. Fighter jets. He's lucky he didn't get shot. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, so... I mean, he broke in to a military base and vandalized them with his stupid tag that's <laughs> everywhere else. And he posted how he did it on he Instagram. He a map, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, he posted a map, okay. uh, which I can't see, unfortunately. So if, if we find it, it's going to definitely be up on it's our socials. It's referred to in the stories. 
Yeah. So the sheriff says, Sheriff Ramsey says, the cost of cleaning up after him over the years has likely cost taxpayers tens of thousands of dollars, and he wants Mims to pay for it in restitution. Uh, so he his bond is set at $62,000. He's going to be arraigned on February 20th. Okay, fine. So this is an interesting kind of story. Guy's yeah. been doing graffiti for years. Real brazen breaks into the Naval Air Station. All right. Uh, so it's fine. Why are we talking about this on the Murders Podcast? Because the very last line of every story about this guy getting arrested is, Mims has no adult criminal history in Monroe County. However, the former U.S. Army soldier was found not guilty of murder in Fayetteville, North Carolina in 2013 in the 2011 shotgun shooting death of Michael Ray Staggs. And I was like, oh, he's a murderer too. <laughs> I mean, not in the eyes of the law, he's not. Correct. <clears throat> like OJ is not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look into this. We can totally talk about this because this guy was arrested in Key West, even if this murder doesn't have anything to do with Key West, but it sort of does. <laughs> Enough that I can tie it in here. All right. So let's go back to, uh, to this story in 2011. Okay. So it's January 29th, 2011. We have uh, Michael Ray... Staggs, who is, I believe, 24. He's sitting in his car in the parking lot of like a strip mall. So there's a Compare Foods in there, which I think is a grocery store. There's a Chinese restaurant, a couple other things, kind of standard strip mall. Uh, so Staggs is sitting in his car. As he's just sitting there in the car, he gets shot in the head with a shotgun and dies. So what happens is the question. And the answer is we don't really know but we know enough that our tagger brandon mims who was at the time uh, a soldier at fort bragg he was arrested on charges of murdering michael ray stag so how did they catch him uh okay so mims the tagger slash alleged murderer in this case, uh, he has a Burgundy F-150 pickup. There's a couple who's driving on a road right by the shopping center on the evening of the murder, and they notice a Burgundy F-150 pickup stopped near them at a traffic light. The windows were down, and they said that they heard the sound of a shotgun being racked inside that car. It was concerning enough that they wrote down the truck's license plate and called the police department after they heard about this murder. So they had written it down at the time. And then once they heard somebody was murdered, they called the Crime Stopper line and said, hey, we saw this Burgundy F-150. We heard a shotgun being racked. Here's the license plate. Florida license plate that they tracked down to Brandon Mims, who lived in Key West. Except he didn't live in Key West at the time. He was a soldier at Fort Bragg. Okay, so that's interesting. This guy, I mean, it's clearly him, right? It's clearly his truck. He's there at the around the time of the murder, and this couple thinks they hear a shotgun being racked in the car. Another couple noticed a Burgundy F-150 when they were getting dinner from a Chinese restaurant at that shopping center where the murder happened. They heard a gunshot, and they saw a flash come out of the Burgundy F-150, and then they saw the pickup drive away with its lights out, even though it was dark. All right, so it's possible 
that the F-150 that the first couple saw that we know belonged to Mims was not necessarily the same burgundy F-150 with the shotgun that was sitting next to the guy in the parking lot at basically the same time that shot him? I mean, there are lots of probably a Ford F-150. Well, let me tell you why it was this guy. Whoa. It was not a random. Okay, random Mims's roommates reported that he, Brandon Mims, went to get Chinese food and cigarettes that evening, and one of the roommates gave him a debit card to pay for the cigarettes, and the debit card was also used to pay for the food at the Chinese restaurant, which was in the same strip mall as where the guy was shot. Nice. So, uh, yeah. So now there's a Burgundy F-150 seen near the place. He and has one. He has one. It's his. It's his. They write on the license plate. It's his, oh, yeah. right? Well, yeah, yeah. Absolutely Oh, that's his. the shotgun racking people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's near, right near the place. And then there's another one seen in the parking lot of the place. And we know the guy was, in fact, at the parking lot of the place. because At the Chinese restaurant. There, there's receipts. There are the, the cops have the receipts of the debit card being used at the same time to pay for food at the Chinese restaurant. Man. We also know that Brandon Mims owned a shotgun. Come on. The officers searched his truck and they found shotgun shells that were loaded with the same type of buckshot that killed stags. Wow. They also found gunshot residue inside the truck by the passenger window. As though a shotgun was discharged from inside. Indeed. And the day after the murder, Brandon Mims disappears. He's not around anymore. He flees to Key West. Man. Where he's arrested three days later and brought back up to North Carolina. The end of the road. Yeah. The U.S. Marshals chased him down to Key West. They had to shock him with a stun gun in order to capture him in Key Man. West. Man. Yep. He really didn't want to be caught. No. So. So he got on 95 in North Carolina. Yep. Just headed south. And Drove headed for south. a day. I guess he's from here, so he knew. Yep. Like, but this is as far as you can go. But it is also a dead end. Yep. Yep. Just drive till you can't drive it's anymore. It's not like going to the Mexican border where you can then go across to Mexico. You're just kind of stuck here. You, you go to Key West, which is quite a bit smaller than Mexico. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So we've got Mims owns a car that was seen at the time and people heard a shotgun being racked. He owns a shotgun. The same car, same everything, but the license plate wasn't written down car, is seen with a shotgun shooting the victim and we know that Brandon was there at the time because there's receipts of him buying Chinese food and cigarettes. He owns, cigarettes. And cigarettes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but the receipt was for the Chinese food mm-hmm. uh, with the debit card. And there are shotgun shells in his car. There's gunshot residue in his car. The shotgun shells match what was used on the victim. There's gunshot residue. And he flees the day after the murder. That's pretty good. Yep. Well, he was found not guilty. Just saying. Yep. They're like, it, and there's apparently absolutely no connection between Mims and Stags. So who knows? Was it a weird road ragey thing that nobody knows about? There's just no motive, which maybe is part of why he was found not guilty, even though there's like some pretty convincing circumstantial evidence there that like this is the guy. Um, yeah. There's not really a motive offered, which you don't have to. Nope. But, um, they don't know. And the argument that the lawyer made was like, there's a lot of reasonable doubt here. Mm. So. I don't know. 
I don't think that means what it. What, what he do you think it, it means? means? Well, I mean, he was right because he got off. Well, yeah. Yeah. So there was a little bit of evidence that they couldn't offer in the trial, which is Mims's grandfather. He said that on the morning after the slaying, Mims, Brandon Mims, brought him the shotgun and admitted that he shot Michael Raystags. Why, why, Ingo, wouldn't they put the grandfather on the stand? Why would that be inadmissible? I think the grandfather was dead. He was dead. (laughs) (laughs) So the shooting was in 2011. The grandfather died in 2012. And so when they go to trial in 2013, the grandfather cannot testify about the confession because the grandfather is dead. He didn't get killed by a shotgun, though. Uh, I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Because that would be interesting. Or <laughs> it would be. There's nothing about how he died. No, there could. I mean, look, there's. there might have been a way. I mean, I like Law and Order as much as the next guy. So there might have been a way dun, to dun. capture that testimony or get that admissible or get that in some way. But it's also possible that a judge didn't, didn't think that way was going to be uh, good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because it's pretty much a random crime. Like, they didn't know each other. There doesn't really seem to be a motive. I mean, whoever shot this guy obviously was irritated for some reason. Maybe whoever shot him just wanted to shoot somebody. But who knows? But it's pretty... It's unsatisfying. It's pretty strong evidence. Like, I'm convinced, even without the grandfather information, I'm, I would have probably voted to convict i like it with the grandfathers with the confession it's always easier with the confession it's definitely easier with the confession but and maybe the prosecutors thought they could put the grandfather on a stand and it would be easy and then the guy died and yeah. then the case kind of got not terrible but a lot different than what they'd expected yeah but i mean so like i can see the reasonable doubt if you go okay so these people may or may not have heard a shotgun being racked. Certainly they saw this guy's car because they wrote down the license plate Gee, number. That's a weird thing to make up, though, right? I mean, to but actually let's, let's call say. It. Fair enough. Right? Let's, let's play we want to believe that this is a conspiracy against this guy. All right. So some people saw his car and they wrote down the license plate. But we don't know if they're experts on what it sounds like to rack a shotgun. Let's sure. say. And... Okay, so someone in the parking lot, it's dark. They see an F-150, which, like you said, there's probably a ton of those in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And they say it's burgundy, but who knows? Like, stuff looks different. And they didn't identify this guy. They didn't write down the license plate. They didn't write plate, down the license plate number. Right? Yeah. So all we have is we know he was kind of there because he bought food at the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. So it's not surprising that a couple would see his car, a car with his license plate there. And we don't know that it's the same F-150 that was Brandon's that was the one that had the gun that fired this. So so many coincidences, right? For sure. And like plenty of people in Fayetteville have shotguns and carry them in their pickups and maybe even shoot out the window that that is not allowed, everybody. You cannot fire out of your... But everyone's seen the speed limit signs in North Carolina. They all have shotguns. Yeah, but don't do that. It's so loud. It's really... It's bad for your hearing. It's like... contaminate the air quality in the car you're gonna fuck something up don't do that um it's they're drunk they're not thinking of their hearing no that's true all right so there's plenty of 
guys who in North Carolina and many other parts of the country who will get drunk Tejas. and shoot, I think lots of places, shoot a shotgun out of their car window. And I mean, there's not many that there's not that many kinds of shotgun shells. And so maybe it's not that surprisingly is a common kind of shotgun shell that happens to be the same as the one that shot the guy. I don't know if I'd go along with all that if a defense attorney argued it, but okay. But then the fact that he fled to Key West, if, what, he's a soldier, right? He can't just leave. If he was totally uninvolved, <laughs> he wouldn't have fled. I mean, yeah. that, that's the real coincidence, the day after, right? Yeah, and that it's not like, he goes, oh, well, I was just on leave. I thought I'd go home to Key West. The marshals hunted him down and had to tase him, Yeah. taser register, trademark him, to like take him down in Key West. Like he clearly was fleeing before anyone would have called him a suspect. So, so if I'm a juror, I want to know if what's the alternative reason for him fleeing, right? Why, why else would he be fleeing? Yeah, because that couple didn't call in his license plate until after they heard there was a murder. He fled the next day. Yeah. So he fled before... He was accused of anything. Any, yeah, he knew anyone was looking for him. They weren't looking for him at that point when he fled. They were yeah. looking for him after that when that they called a, the crime That is a line. pretty interesting thing. That's not random coincidence anymore. No, so if you go, all right, so he was there at about the same time, and his car had shotgun shell casings and the same kind of shot that killed this guy, and we know he was there. There's the receipts that put him there. There's a the couple that put him there. They heard it that he had the shotgun, and you go, well, that's not enough. I don't know how you get over. He fled before he knew anyone was looking at him and then yeah. had to get tased and like brought back. Like, I, I guess there's he a doubt. the first he, one to know about the murder and that's why he fled. He like, maybe he just really wanted to get out of the army and decided to go AWOL and just happened to be the next morning. But I mean, this is where you get into like the serial kind of situation where it's like, you have to have the worst luck in the world to like, you just happen to be driving past and like, either rack your shotgun innocently or make a sound that sounds like it and be getting your shotgun loaded with the right kind of buckshot yeah and you happen to be getting chinese food at the same place that this murder victim is parked out of and you decide to run the next day like that's that's a lot of coincidences on top of each other that makes it extremely unlikely so then you have the confession yeah sure but like we do i understand the jury didn't but we do i i just yeah. I mean, it's reasonable doubt, right? It's not a complete absence of doubt. Correct. Right? Yes. Like, sure, I guess there's a situation where he was just totally innocently uninvolved and all this other stuff happened. Man. Like, there, sure, there's a teeny, tiny bit of doubt, but it's not reasonable. It's unreasonable that all those coincidences would happen, Come on. I think. But I wasn't a juror. He is legally found not guilty, which does not mean he was found innocent. Right, but they did not convict. <laughs> they said that they didn't have enough evidence to did convince him. And so he came back down here to Key West and started writing his name all over shit. And now he's going to jail. The end. Writing his name all over shit, comma, and posting all about it on internet. <laughs> and sticking some stickers on stuff because he's a lazy ass. Breaking into the Naval Air Station. Oh, my God. And posting that all over internet. Come on. Come on, guys. Guy. Calling himself the southernmost graffiti guy? Florida man. What is it? Florida man graffitiing 
stuff. I don't even remember because it's so stupid. Worst concealing. Southern most wanted, though. I mean, that's okay. Worst concealing. Florida man writes graffiti. Ever. Yes. I mean, I think he has pictures of himself doing it. It's stupid. I, I don't think he can respond to my Instagram request, though, because he's still in jail. I, I don't know. I think he may be out. No, his, his arraignment is the 20th. He could be out on bail. I guess no. $62,000 bail. He could be out for six grand. Post, give 10% of that to dog the bounty hunter or whatever <laughs> works with him. Get a bail bond. All right. Uh, well, so there you go. There's our rip from the headlines. Uh, the murder was not here in paradise, but it has many connections, including the suspect fled down here and then wrote his name all over shit down here. All over stuff. It's on everything it's just anywhere you walk around key west you walk one block and you're gonna see it key west is not that big so it's not that hard to tag everything but damn dude damn i mean in a way is hard work he's been working hard he's been ordering <laughs> hundreds of stickers peeling them off and sticking them on things think of all the actual stuff he could have done so weird you stick your stickers on stuff like is graffiti really reduced to that now i mean you, it's like there's a th- there's an this has to be an ethos of graffiti, right? Oh like God. there have to be there have to be masters of of I'm gonna say the art who would be rolling in their graves if they knew now it's down to like I went to sticker mule and yeah I guess <laughs> ordered these stickers now I'm just I'm <laughs> and I throw the rappers in the street but I like you know so, so like weird. we've talked about it on I think the Golden Ratio podcast where there's like the Conquer Public Marine Army who we volunteered with. And they like they've they were formed after Hurricane Irma in twenty seventeen and have been cleaning stuff up. And so we've gone to like last month we went to one and next Pulled month we're going to out one. of the mangroves. You like get in your kayaks and yeah. some people stay on land and you just go out to these stretches where there's a bunch of garbage that like got caught in the mangroves after the hurricane, you pick stuff up. Yeah. They so we were running this weekend and Jir Dad spotted over a bridge a refrigerator that had washed into the Which mangroves. Is a big hall for the. For the, the so Marine there's Army. a refrigerator club in the Conquer <laughs> Public Marine Army, which is people who find refrigerators in the mangroves and pull them out. And so I was so excited that Jir Dad saw a refrigerator, and I messaged him, and I was like, guys we found another refrigerator <laughs> here's where it is and we're like exchanging gps coordinates and like yeah. figuring out like can they get the barge up to it how are we going to pull it out okay well, this is going to be number one and he's like you're totally going to be in the refrigerator <laughs> club for this and i'm like i'm so excited about it and like this whole conquer public marine army it's just a bunch of people down here who like show up once or twice a month and like help clean shit up and it makes a huge difference. Like and, you look at, I mean, clean up garbage, like pa- plastic bottles and and styrofoam containers, and I mean, it's just like stuff and that washes and up. Trap line. But everything ends up washing up, guys. Yeah. yeah. And so, and it's, I mean, they've collected tons and tons and tons of garbage. Hundreds of tons. And miles and miles, like over a hundred miles of trap line and buoys and all this stuff. And they don't just like throw it all away like they have okay like fishermen come out here 
you know, like here's where, here's like the, like abandoned, you know, just the wilderness place where we did this cleanup. Fishermen come out this day, come take whatever you want. Like yeah, come take There might take be some lines. lobster traps that are still in one piece. Go take them. That's fine. You know? And then artists come out and they can pick up like wood and yeah, like whatever kind of supplies they want for their stuff. Like all the stuff that we pull out, like they recycle the stuff that they can. They give it to fishermen. They give it to people who are working down here. And then the rest of it, like the, you know, gets taken off to the trash places and like it's so productive right like not yeah. only is it like okay we're gonna clean this up and so like it's better like and we're giving everybody everything and this fucker just sticks his crap on here's stuff. how i'm gonna spend my time i'm gonna stick stickers on shit and like graffiti stuff like if you took the effort that you put into that, into doing something to like help this community, which is like, there's some very rich people in the Keys, but there's a lot of people who are just working class people working in the Keys, like help them out and do something instead of fucking shit up. How about that How sign? About that? How about that? How about that? Dick face. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're in for a dog palate cleanser. Yeah. I'm not as, not as ready as you are, but pretty ready. <laughs> okay. All right. So there's this like, old sugar face golden retriever who loves tennis balls your type a hundred percent my type if this dog needs a home he should come live with us because he's awesome and so he has a tennis ball and he comes into like a bedroom and he looks and there's like 30 tennis balls on the floor and then his owners just start chucking more tennis balls <laughs> at him they bought a box which you can do on ebay of like 300 tennis balls because um, people like yeah, when we play tennis, tennis right? practice yeah. you kind of play with, with a can once and then they get a little dead and it's more fun to just open a new can and so you've got all these pretty good tennis balls so you can go to ebay and buy a box of like 300 deadish tennis balls for like 30 bucks perfect which they clearly did for and dogs. so he he's got his one tennis ball and he comes in the room and he's like oh there's all these tennis balls and then they just start throwing more tennis balls and then it like cause the scene he's just got like the happiest face and he's like oh my god overwhelmed by tennis so balls many tennis i've balls. had this dream guys yeah so i guess it was originally a tiktok and then uh it's been going around on twitter so it's very nice that dog getting everything he wants tiktok's getting, getting some quality content yeah well be careful because the chinese government's using it to spy on you what if i just look at a tiktok if you just look at like a TikTok on Twitter, you're fine. What if I look in? Yeah, I guess that's funny. It's been laundered. So I look at a TikTok on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. If you look at a TikTok, if you have a TikTok account, I mean, we don't really know what they're doing, but uh, I don't do it anymore. I don't, you did it? I mean, I once, there's like two TikToks of the girls. Oh, yeah. Yep. Interesting. A couple of years ago. Um, anyway, so there you go. Tennis balls are good. Tennis balls are good. If your dog loves tennis balls and you want to give him a special day, buy a bunch on eBay used. It's pretty cheap and it will make for a happy dog memory. Good job. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? I'm still baffled by this degradation of graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems, it just seems like it's not even graffiti anymore. Well, if any of you listening are graffiti artists and want to talk to us about graffiti culture and whether or not sticking corporately produced stickers of your tag on shit counts, you can find us on all the socials. We are Murders Paradise on Twitter, Murders in Paradise on Instagram. Yeah, that may just be vandalism, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> I mean, that's what the sheriff calls it. Yeah, well, not wrong. Don't murder anybody. Oh, yeah. Until next week, don't conk out. Don't conk 
out. Bye. Bye.